Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. In London, this is The Economist with Tasting Menu, a selection of the tastiest morsels from this week's issue. I'm Anne McElvoy, Senior Editor. And on the menu this week, North Korea tests the world's patience. HSBC has an identity crisis again, and Algeria's president remains absent. But first, how to manage the migrant crisis was our cover line this week. With Europe buckling under the political and economic strains brought on by the stream of migrants flowing in from war-torn countries in the Middle East, worries are rising that the continent may tear itself apart. Our cover leader advised how to avoid that with a more coherent policy towards refugees. Most people would rather not abandon their homes and start again among strangers – But when the alternative is the threat of death from barrel bombs and sabre-wielding fanatics, they make the only rational choice. But the reaction to the exodus has split Europe's leaders. The flow of refugees would have been more manageable if European Union countries had worked together, as Angela Merkel, Germany's Chancellor, has always wished, and The Economist urged. And the management has been haphazard at best. Refugees have been free to sail across the Mediterranean, register and make for whichever country seems most welcoming. Many economic migrants with no claim to asylum have found a place in the queue by lying about where they came from. So our leader pushed for a much more coherent EU policy. This free-for-all must be replaced by a system in which asylum applicants are screened when they first reach Europe's borders, or better still, before they cross the Mediterranean. The wheels are slowly grinding into action, but it's not enough. Donors at a conference on Syria in London this week were asked for $9 billion for 2016, about as much as Germans spend on chocolate every year. Far more is needed and will be needed every year for several years. As Europe looks for money to manage its migrant crisis, Algerians are searching for just one central character, their president. As an article in our Middle East and Africa section reported, the persistent absence of a leader has been raising eyebrows of onlookers. It sounds like a missing person notice. 78-year-old man, wheelchair-bound, not seen in public for over two years. But this is a description of Algeria's president, Abdulaziz Bouteflika. His ill health and absence have led to a swirl of rumours about a palace coup. Mr Bouteflika can hardly speak and is said to communicate by letter with his ministers, who nevertheless insist that the old man is compus mentis and in charge. Not everyone believes that, and Algerian politics has never been a paragon of transparency. For decades, a cabal of unelected power brokers has run the show. Known as Le Pouvoir, the power, the shadowy clique is composed of members of the economic, political and military elite. Mystery has become a way of life and a shroud for death. 
Few knew that Houari Boumediene, Algeria's second president, was even ill until he died in 1978. There's certainly no mystery, however, about who caused the shots in North Korea, much to the dismay of the global community. As a box in our Asia section this week described, the Hermit Kingdom's reluctance to stop testing nuclear weapons is worsening tensions with the rest of the world. In its quest for nuclear weapons, North Korea is a master of braggadocio. On January the 6th, it announced the test of a hydrogen bomb. Even its more low-key announcement this week that it now intends to launch an Earth observation satellite sometime between February 8th and 25th has caused global jitters. A satellite launch is the oldest trick in the nuclear book. A rocket that can place a large satellite into orbit can just as easily propel a nuclear warhead to the other side of the world. But it's not clear how much of this satellite boasting is true. Experts are unsure how much progress North Korea is making with its nuclear weapons project. North Korea's boasting is certainly no guide. A mystery in the banking world fascinated our finance section, with a decision looming as to the location of HSBC's headquarters. The article picked apart the bank's history and made some guesses as to where it would invest its future. HSBC has never been bailed out, nationalised or bought, a claim no other megabank can make. It has not made a yearly loss since its foundation in 1865. Its founders must be proud, then. Yet behind that invincible aura lurks an insecurity. Where is home? To be fair, this perennial dilemma has external causes. Faced with wars, revolutions and the threat of nationalisation, the bank has chosen or been compelled to move its headquarters or debated it in 1941, 1946, 1981, 1986, 1990, 1993... 2008 and 2009. Countries and regimes come and go, the bank endures. And 2016's choice, London versus Hong Kong. For Britain, the departure of its largest firm would be an embarrassment. But could the bank be outgrowing the island? Asia will grow faster than Britain, and thus so will the bank's assets. If the bank is too big for Britain today, with assets equivalent to 89% of GDP... What will it look like in 2030? You can read all about HSBC's big decision on our website and in this week's issue. As one of banking's leading lights mulls over its progression, turning to our business section, there's a sense of slippery regression as we peek into the oil market. As an article explained, oil companies are suffering from falling prices, but their wounds are self-inflicted too. Florence is a city more associated with oil on paintings and salads than the stuff that comes out of the ground. Yet among the Michelangelos and mozzarella balls, oil executives gathered to discuss their industry. The oil and gas industry is in need of its own renaissance, admitted Harry Breckelmans, head of technology at Royal Dutch Shell. But even in times of financial woes, there's room for humour. In Florence, an executive quipped that the industry had turned into a giant non-profit. But witticisms can't hide the weightier concerns. Falling oil prices may have upended the industry, but it also has itself to blame for its troubles. Returns of private global oil companies peaked a decade ago, well before crude hit record highs, indicating that they squandered the boom on vanity projects aimed at increasing production with little thought for profitability. 
we gave some thought to a new way to power medical implants in our science section. Many implants are planted inside people's heads, which makes changing batteries a bit tricky. But as our piece reported, a new method may have found a nifty solution. For obvious reasons, surgeons do not like opening heads up unless it is strictly necessary. Sometimes, therefore, the battery packs that power head implants are put in the wearer's chest. A wire running up through the patient's neck isn't much better, but a team from America have a proposal. They plan to scavenge the necessary energy from the vibrations of the vocal cords that occur when someone is talking. Alas, not even the most gifted of gabbers would be able to power the system all day long. A practical system will still need batteries to build up charge so that the surplus can be used when needed. Luckily for some, this can even be done in their sleep. Part of the sound of snoring is in the experimental device's sweet spot. That may not be much consolation for the partners of snorers, but at least their bedmates will no longer be able to turn a deaf ear to their complaints. One group of people who can't turn a deaf ear to complaints are call centre workers. Call centres have created millions of jobs in the emerging world and have transformed countries like the Philippines. But as an article in our international section explained, the industry may be reaching the end of the line. Take a lift to the top floor of the new SM Aura shopping centre in Manila and you will find not a cinema or a Neiman Marcus, but an enormous call centre. In the Philippines, the arrangement makes perfect sense. Like shops, call centres need young, middle-class people, but as workers, not customers. And these centres have been a boon for the archipelago. This loosely defined industry now employs some 1.2 million people and accounts for about 8% of the Philippines' GDP. But the call centre industry is on the verge of profound change, which may take jobs away from Filipinos. Much of the call handling and data processing work sent overseas is basic and repetitive, says Pat Geary of Blue Prism, a British technology firm. Such routine tasks can often be done better by a machine. Blue Prism makes software robots that carry out such repetitive tasks just as a person would do them, but much faster and more cheaply. Perhaps software robots will wipe out the dullest jobs, freeing Filipinos for more interesting conversations. Is it possible that computers will learn to handle almost all simple inquiries, leaving humans to deal with the most incoherent, irate customers? If that happens, Filipinos will widen their repertoire of Anglo-Saxon insults. And you can never have enough of those. I'm Anne McElvoy, that was our tasting menu, and if you're hungry for a little more, you can find all of our stories on our website at economist.com. In London, this is The Economist. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. 
Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a four-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.